We have arrived. Oh, I was trying to figure out which word you were going with. You said arrived. I said liftoff. They're the opposite. <laughs> You're not wrong there. We, we, we are, are not here. the same. You're right. Well, we lifted off into the final chapter, but we also arrived at the final chapter. Yes. Does and, that work? And we have at long last finished book three, season three. This is the finale Yes. Of sorts. Oh my God. The book that would never end. And then it got exciting and then it just wouldn't end. And then it ended and I, I was like, Ugh. it seemed, uh, I mean, we'll get into it. I, we don't yeah, need to hype yeah, this yeah, yeah. right now. I'm not going to put a negative perspective into the folks' minds. No, but man, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, that is a hundred percent how I felt. I felt cheated. I felt cheated. I'm gonna say it, okay? I'm sorry, but I feel cheated. Before we get into it, yeah. What do you wish would have happened? Really, really quickly. Uh, well, hey, hang on, hang on. <laughs> the uh, the boys were they were crawling out of the tunnel. Uh, they had somebody crawling behind them. They were trying to escape the old mill and the secret room with all the counterfeiting equipment in it. Oh, yeah. And then they emerge from the tunnel. They're in the cave by the uh, Willow River. And then uh, Docker and Markle are standing there with guns pointed at them at the mouth of the cave. And they're like, we got you, idiots. I mean, they didn't <laughs> say anything. But yeah. that was where we left That's where them. we left off. High action, high anticipation. What's going to happen? What would you have done with the last chapter? I would have I would have faded it back in. Okay, we're back in. We're back in chapter one. I would have described Frank and Joe, their fear. Okay, they're looking, you know, their life is at, at what could be its last moments. So I, w- I would amp up that fear, you know, get some sweat going on. And then I would bring okay. in an old school Kayud. Okay. Joe would be smacking wrists left and right right here. He would beg. Like, he'd be like, you want, you, want, you, know, you want a fist fight. You want a brawl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want okay. a fist fight. I want Joe to be like, he gets on his knees, you know, and he is just like, please, I, I have an almost girl that I like. Like, I don't really like her, but for a girl, she's all right. And I just maybe want to kiss her. Like, he'd be begging in his Joe way. And then yeah, get I think I think she could be a woman that I would let cook for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to set anything in stone. And what Frank Frank is noticing is Joe's kind of stalling here. He's getting the guys to let the guard down. They're like, "What's going on with this kid? You know, what's wrong with him?" Then Frank starts making animal noises. Obviously, right? I knew you were going to say that. Well, yeah. Okay. Frank watches the Discovery Channel left and right. He's like Chester from Dude, Where's My Car? Okay. Yeah. He knows, he knows all they about use ostriches. Tools. He knows how they use tools. <laughs> so he starts acting like a little walrus man. You know, he is kind of like he's on his stomach and then he arches his back up. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm picturing it with you. Yeah, and he's got his hands on the ground holding him up, and he's arching. He just starts – maybe he's more of a seal, and he just starts going like, oh, oh, oh. And then the guys are like, what is this? And that is when he comes in, Joe gives him a wrist slap. Hey, dude. Yes. That's where I would I take it. it, in that direction. I love it. Yeah, that's the tone. I really thought you were going to be like – almost more like a seal because he goes – 
get a damn, damn kiss by Rose. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And then Chris O'Donnell and uh, and uh, George Clooney Somebody show up. Kiss. Oh, Chris <laughs> O'Donnell and George Clooney kiss. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part of that movie. It's the greatest part. I mean, what a classic film. And then my boy uh, Schwarzenegger comes in and freezes him in that kiss. And with this, the boys take a quick break? No, the, the boys do not take a quick break. That is a phone okay. call that I'm not taking. <laughs> That's the wrong person calling. Um, well, as I – you got to silence the phone though, David. You're going to kill me, man. I know. The phone is silenced. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was just hoping – that this 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 chapter seemed like it was the exact same ending as the f- the second book in that they have like these people cornered yeah the first book there wasn't a ton of resolution because the the perp was dead like red jackley was dead he had already given his confession and then the big like reveal was that the where it was hidden. It wasn't the old uh, tower of the tower oh, mansion. Yeah. It was in the old railroad water tower. What a reveal. And so, like, that, that was sort of a unique, like everything came together and like they, they ate dinner and then they let Mr. Robinson out of prison after dinner. And then in book two, it was more like, we've got you right there. Or like right where we actually no. forget everything I just said. <laughs> In book two, they have uh, Smuff. No, I'm sorry, not Sna- Snackman. 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 Yeah, Snackly. Ganny Snackly. They've got him captured. They're about to take him away. And then he gives this confession about, like, when I was <laughs> young, my uncle, we were very poor, and my uncle never gave us anything. Um, so I, I completely uncle. rescind my comment. This is a new take for the Hardy Boys on an end of book resolution, but it is the oldest take in the world. Like this concept of dumb criminals who can be just asked questions and everything is like, well, we don't mind telling you because soon you're going to It's ridiculous, man. It is, it, uh. it is such a cliche. And <laughs> yeah. I feel like Villains have evolved over the past hundred years, uh, and I'm glad. But th- this is like, this is like the James Bond movies where like they would capture him and yep. hook him up to like a conveyor belt with a saw at the end, and they're like, "Well, we're leaving. Have yep. fun dying in the next forty five minutes." I can vouch for that too, as I've been rewatching them. Yeah, so so that's the level of criminal we're dealing with. And it's the kind of criminal who you can solve the case and get them to confess to everything because they think they're going to kill you, but they take so long that they get captured. Yeah. And that is what we painfully uh, trudge through in this chapter. <laughs> it is, it's beyond painful. It's just so stupid. And then it's just... I feel like there's too many introductions of things I don't care about as well. 
Yeah, and I feel like they do a good job of answering like, well, that was this and this was that. But most of it I didn't care about. Like I yeah, didn't even know. Was at. I didn't care about any of it. And it all felt like it was rushed through. I didn't get it. And then we'll get – yeah. It, we'll no we'll get to this. But there's so much that happens where it's like not in dialogue, but just like the narrative is <laughs> like – So then they, they told them this. Yeah. So they, okay. Okay. I guess that's – I guess it. that's what happened. I'll allow it. I mean, good word. Um, so that brings us to let's do it, man. Here we go. Chapter twenty. Chapter twenty. Salad, salad evidence. evidence. Get the boys some dressing because they got salad, salad evidence. evidence. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I enjoy it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Indeed. So there's this this cliche like, wait a second, use guys is the haughty boys. <laughs> Uses the snoopers. <laughs> I like um, that they're saying uses. It yeah, says it I'm, right I'm, here. U-Z-E-S. I'm paraphrasing some uses. of the dialogue. It's much better dialogue. Also, it was like, who else? Who else would it be? Of course it's the Hardy Boys. You idiots. Yeah, you know the the boys that have been snooping? <laughs> yeah. Non-stop. <laughs> asking about Kevin Blake? Yeah. The boys that you've sent warnings to and shot arrows at and trapped, <laughs> you trapped them in a garage inside a truck. And then you're like, wait a second. It's you. <laughs> That's yeah. the best thing, too. Yeah, they just, we find out that they just got done. I forget which one, but Markle or Dockle, one of them trapped him in there. They admit it. And then, of course, it was Peters. It was Peters. That's right. I knew it was one of them. <laughs> uh, so so I, let's, let's get right to oh, that. Yeah. So behind that, so uh, Markle and Docker are at the mouth of the cave, and then from the tunnel emerges Victor Peters, who they recognized. This is the first time they're actually seeing him. They only heard them uh, before. But so they, they see that it's Victor Peters, the same guy they recognized passing the counterfeit bills back in the first chapter. Uh, and then he's uh, Peters is like, what are they doing here? Good question. You told, them you, you told us you locked them up in the truck. I did. They must have broken out. Obviously. Oh, dude. gave him a withering dude. look, which that, I love. That obviously, when I read that, I was just like, if he was still alive, this would be a perfect role for Alan Rickman. Obviously. It, just, it was such a good Rickman line. That's how I read it. And I was like, nice. Oh, I, and I think he would have jumped at the opportunity to play such a classic role as Victor Peters. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, it's a great role. I mean... It's stocky also- counterfeit. <laughs> so Frank and Joe realized that Peters had not returned to the old farmhouse, Ooh. which makes sense because they broke out and then went here. Correct. Yeah, I guess they did go home first and talk to Ken Blake. But so Docker world on them. How did you escape? The boys looked at him coldly. That's for you to find out, Joe retorted. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because I, the answer is, we destroyed a bunch of your property. I, I thought it of, of this in terms of a film, of you just doing a hard cut, and there's the outline, like a cartoon, within the wood of just 
a, a truck and two boys with their arms like just out the windows like Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> just the relief silhouette. Uh, yeah, holding cowboy hats too, like the hats and hands <laughs> perfectly oh. detailed. <laughs> I just, I just like that that the, the subtext there is like that's for you to find out, but it's going to cost you literally hundreds and hundreds of dollars to repair the truck oh, and yeah. your uh, garage and its <laughs> custom heavy locking wooden doors. Oh, classic boys, dude! Classic boys. Is this like if you leave a plumber at your house and then later you run into him at the store and like, oh, you fixed the bathroom, right? And it's like, oh yeah. I fixed the bathroom, wink, and it's just water gushing out of the wall, and the whole house is flooded. I like that. That's something I can get down with. I want to see that in the movie. The plumbers, they're not in enough movies. The last good film involving a plumber, I'm going to say it, was Celtic Pride. Oh, I thought you were going to say Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> That's if if it wasn't for Celtic Pride, it would have been Super Mario Brothers, no doubt about it. But I'm just such um, a Celtic Pride fan. You know this. What about John Cena's The Marine? <laughs> Was he a plumber? No, but in the beginning there's a plumber <laughs> at their house. You know, Where he's trying to fix it, and they're like, "You're gonna have to call a plumber." And it shows that he's like relatable and humble with his wife. Oh, that's a good way to set up a character. Actually, I'm not sure if that's the Marine or Twelve Steps. Both Cena films, too. Look at that. Which is why I'm confusing them. Yeah, I have. Actually- Isn't there also like Twelve Steps Two and Twelve Steps Three? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm wrong about this. I don't doubt it. He never goes up to 13 or 14 steps. He just does 12 steps again. And they're like, "Isn't that 24 steps?" No, no. He's just adding 12 more steps. Isn't it, from the last these 12 steps? Oh, 12 rounds. Excuse me. That's it. 12 rounds. 12 rounds from the Which? director of Die Hard 2. Rini Harlan. Man, if you get this right, let's see here. Yeah, Rennie Harlan. Look at you. No way, dude. That's one of my favorite directors. It's amazing. Cliffhanger? Come on, son. So with with our format here, I can look at my computer and uh, (laughs) just looking at the 12 rounds cast, (laughs) I see John Cena – you know, Miles Jackson, Molly Porter, and I scroll all the way down to the bottom, and who are, who do I see but Kim Collins, who played Phil the Plumber. <laughs> you know it, baby. Now we're talking. It all comes back to the plumber, my friend. And I'm looking right now. Yeah, we have 12 rounds. 12 rounds, two, reloaded, classic. 12 rounds, three, lockdown. Uh, I don't like that one. But they went up to – the well, second one's got Randy Orton, so they kind of kept it within like the wrestling world. And then the third one brings in – Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose. I'm more familiar with. Some jabroni. I don't know who this jabroni is. But the audience reviews we have is this is the best among the trilogy. Dean Ambrose and the other guys nailed it with their exceptional acting. Great concept. Superb story. One man against all odds, fighting to clear his name as the crooked cops stop at nothing. Love this movie. 
uh, and that was Ali Abbas. And he wrote that a year you know, ago, and nine people found that helpful. I'm Thank looking you. at the cast on IMDb, and while he is absolutely a marquee of the cover, oh, I do not see Dean Ambrose listed in the cast. <laughs> really? <laughs> what is going – where is Dean Ambrose? Maybe he's not real. This is nuts. Uh, but it does appear that he is likely another – WWE. I can see the WWE logo on the 12 oh, yeah. rounds three poster. Oh yeah. He is definitely, maybe he just used a fake name for the movie. Wow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which Lach- was already his fake wrestling. <laughs> Lachlan Monroe is in this movie. It, you might know him from white chicks fame or scary movie or where I learned of him was night at the Roxbury. Classic is Dean Ambrose the character name? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Son of a Jonathan bitch. Good plays <laughs> That's a John Shaw as Dean Ambrose. Wait, what? That's the most confusing <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Jonathan Good, John <laughs> Shaw as Dean Ambrose. Is Dean Ambrose, is Jonathan Good and Dean Ambrose the same person? I, I'm guessing that it could be like a face-off situation where he, I don't know, he gets transformed into Dean Ambrose's body or something? I'm or maybe guessing he's undercover that, as Dean Ambrose. This, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Let's, all right and now we're back into the book <laughs> so uh, <laughs> wow we really really got out of hand there yeah yeah we almost went Let's see here. 12 rounds with that tangent uh nice <laughs> nice keep, so, uh, keep stalling real quick keep stalling Oh, never mind. I'm on my laptop, so I was going to try and rig up a boxing bell, like ding, ding, and and do that and say we just went 12 rounds. But I realized my headphones are plugged in, so the noise would just come through my headphones, and you wouldn't hear it on the speaker. Yeah, it'd be a whole big thing. So for me, it would have been awesome. For everyone else, it would have been terrible. And with that, we're back into the book. (laughs) Uh, The Hardys could see that the men were nervous and edgy. I'm not the only one who made a mistake, Peters growled. I told you a couple of days ago to get rid of that kid, Ken, when these pests started asking about him and then found the tunnel. We could have thrown him off the scent. I don't know if that's true. No, not one bit. If they're saying like, oh, we should have killed that kid, then the Hardys wouldn't have asked questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because they did get rid of him, and then the Hardys went and found him and asked him questions at uh, Mrs. Smith's House of Surfers. God, I love Mrs. Smith's House of Surfers. Still needs to be a Disney Channel show, no doubt about it. Um, While the men argued, the Hardys kept on the alert for a chance to break away. Now... I underlined that because there's two people in front of you, quite a distance in front of you with guns, and you're in a cave. <laughs> there is there is no getting out of the cave. Um, 
And then Markle's eye caught the movement, and he leveled his revolver. Don't be smart, he ordered. You're covered. I'm like, yeah, boys, if you've noticed anything, it's that you can't just like, oh, quick, and like move 10 feet to the left because you'll just get shot over there. Yeah. (laughs) The boys aren't too bright. We know this now. No. Idiots. Uh, Anyways, this is this is nuts uh, right here. Get, so get here's here's when we start to get into it. Uh, Peters continued the tirade <laughs> against his confederates. Docker, you should have finished those hardies off when you put them in the boat that night. And you, Peters turned on Markle. You could have planted a dynamite charge in their oh boat my instead of just monkeying with the throttle. And I wrote here in the in the margin. When do we get tape recorders? That's a good because question. this is that like like if the boys were wired, like this is when they can just nod at each other and like we got him. Because <laughs> I mean, this is like fast forward to the sixties, and that's yeah. exactly what we're dealing with. Like that's that's the standard of like. I also like if you they, ask these leading questions. If the boys are wearing wires, they have to have hairy chests. Like, that's a oh, month yeah. of wearing a wire, right? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the hairiest chest known to man. Have you ever seen someone wearing a wire in a movie that doesn't have to shave a little patch of hair off his chest? Just doesn't have uh, Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde. Man, yeah, that just put my theory to, to rest, didn't it? Sorry about that. <sighs> Moving on. Such a good movie. <laughs> I, I've... Uh... Only seen it once in theaters, and we saw it really late at night, and I fell asleep, but I saw some really cool action scenes. I need a rewind. Uh, it's worth one. going back. It I just like bought it. it for full price on iTunes. Ooh, you dog. You dog. Full price. $300. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's, that's what I assume normal price is. Yeah, that's retail. And I paid a guy in a parking lot to be able to download it. I figured that was like... <laughs> The way things work. Yeah, did he give you the, the Hardys? Meanwhile, <laughs> sorry, the Hardys. Meanwhile, we're thankful. What this man just said? Like he wants to plant dynamite against you. He is clearly out of his mind. He's wanting to kill children, and at this moment, you're thankful. Well, if you go on, they're thankful for the precious minutes gained <laughs> by the men's dissension. So the more these guys freak out. The uh, yeah, the, the better the their chances. I don't know about that. I think they're about to create a wild card who's going to blow them all the heck. Well, here's here's another thing I hate. So they've got this extra minute uh, because uh, of this dissension, and Joe thinks in quotes Tony and Chet might come back in time with help. Simultaneously, <laughs> Frank hoped that Ken Blank had carried out his whispered instructions. Oh, and I yeah. thought, why tease that? Yeah, like, it was such good foreshadowing planted a while ago. Let let the reader keep track of that. Don't remind me. I know. I Don't was remind up- me that things are likely in motion. Yep, that the boys really are going to be okay. All I wrote was ooh. Mom's making brownies. <laughs> <laughs> Lemonade <nobody> and cookies. 
<laughs> All right, Ken Blake. I hope mom is in that kitchen whipping it up. Got those eggs. Got that brownie batter. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, chow. Ooh, chow. Take a little brownie batter. Put it on a saltine cracker. Put it on two saltine crackers. Put it right in the middle. Make a little poor man's Oreo. Reverse Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man's Oreo. <laughs> Two saltines. And a little brownie filling, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Jesse made cookies uh, two nights ago, and they needed cocoa powder, and she had none. Ooh. So she used a couple packets of uh, hot chocolate mix. Oh, and this is the hot cool. chocolate mix. It's Swiss Miss that you mix with water. Meaning that the mix has like evaporated milk in it. Yep. And that milk comes alive in these cookies oh, and they are the best cookies I've ever had. Yeah, I got to oh, try man. that. I've never even thought about that before. That sounds fantastic. I'm a, I'm a hot cocoa connoisseur. I love it. I'll say this about Brett Hoy. I'm not going to say a lot of good things, but the man can make a cup of hot chocolate. Amen. To uh, that. We bought some ravioli from him and it is phenomenal. Whoa, he, he was charging? He's doing a thing right now where he's he's putting up some menus each week and he's cooking and freezing food for people. And so like if you want a lasagna, he's going to make you the Brett Hoy classic lasagna. He's going to make you some short ribs stuffed ravioli, some lemon ricotta ravioli. Oh, and he's charging for it. Well, yeah. I mean he's making I the pasta it was, by hand. I thought it was a charitable thing. I I just lost so much respect for him. Brett D, I dude, think he's this is the moment donating my heart it. broke. This is the moment my heart broke. I think he's donating. Don't you to try people and say that. No. Nah. But somebody like me, I can afford to pay the cost. I don't know if you know this, but I'm rich, baby. <laughs> I'm rich too. In love. Maybe oh, you forgot son. that I'm a video producer in quarantine. Ooh. So I'm doing just fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Doc glanced nervously at his watch. Blum ought to be here, he fumed. Fuming, baby. Who's Blum? Frank asked suddenly. <laughs> One of your counterfeiting pals. <laughs> Dude, Frank is he's manning up here. Docker Mark. I mean, this is their MO. They are fearless. They really are. They're idiotic. I mean, they're making these boys Doc. Dockle. I keep saying Dockle. Docker, Markle, and Peters just laugh scornfully at them. No, said Markle. We're the only ones in our exclusive society. Paul Blum doesn't know anything about our, er, mill operation. But it was through him we got the jobs at the gatehouse. The whole deal really paid off double. Oh, I hated that. Well, yeah, why answer? Why be so <laughs> thorough with the answer, too? Yeah, and and uh, it starts with an E. Um, What's mm, the word? Exposition? Expositional. Yeah, why be so expositional of, well, here's the whole story if you really want to know. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. And I thought that was going to be the worst of it. Like, okay, you got all the exposition through. Good. No, now it's going to rain down. It is just chocolate rain in this mug. 
Nice. Swiss Miss rain. You know what I'm saying? Hot chocolate rain in this mug. Hot chocolate. See? Yeah. You got to say mug, too. That's the key. That's the key of the joke. Docker interrupted him with a warning. Don't blab so much. Which I was like, yeah, all right. Thank you. I wrote thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Docker. Yes, Docker. A man who is uh, at least somewhat smart. Oh jeez. Yeah. Why not? Right. And and here we go. Why why not? What I say won't do these smart Alex any good. You know, for a long time I thought that smart Alex was like A L E X. Oh, smart Alex. A L E X. I like not- that. No, no. I never thought that because I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, huh i'd say what is an alec yeah that's a great question actually i've never thought about the definition yeah says a stupid person oh so you're a smart stupid person that makes sense it's amazing yeah that all checks out what sort of alec do you take me for hmm oh that's early 20th century Wow, that's not that old. Joe looked at the guard calmly. Who paid you to let the green panel truck into Elkton? All three men started visibly. How'd you know that? Markle demanded. Just had a hunch, Joe replied. The former guard regained his exposure. We'll get our money for that little job tonight. Yeah, get that money. Uh, so this is when they're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So Paul Blum, who they're excited to get money from. I just want you to say Paul Blart. It's just too close. I was close. trying to see, like, was the author, like, is, like, Paul Blum, <laughs> is that, like, a word that means, like, it's almost like problem. But it's uh, not. We got a Paul Blum. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> we got a ball blow. Oh, <laughs> we got a big ball. <laughs> I am using that in something. That is just too good. <laughs> Genius. So I want to. I want to go one more paragraph here, and then and then we'll we'll cut it. <laughs> Uh, and and sprint through, God, the rest of this. Oh lord! So they're elated because Paul Blum. Uh, they realize their their problem. Uh, who these men expected must be the sabotage meter. So that's what Marco meant by the deal paying off double. He and Doc are working the counterfeit racket on their own, and on being in cahoots with the saboteurs. Oh. And here we go. Frank addressed Markle in an icy tone. You call blowing up a building a little job? Oh, you call biscuits death (laughs) job. That was a beautiful dog that you blew to smithereens. (laughs) He was my dog too, Frank. He was my dog too. (laughs) He did always like you more. though. (laughs) The counterfeiters reactions though, astonished the Hardys. What? bellowed Markle as Docker and Peters went ashen. 
I assume that's turning white. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. There's another word in here that I'm not too sure about coming up soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a word not on this page, but in the, <laughs> in the next page <laughs> that I just wrote, David, next to. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm struggling with it. It's too funny. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so this, this is the last thing before we take the break. Joe snorted. You expect us to believe you didn't know explosives were in that truck? Victor Peters was beside himself with rage. Fools! Nice. He shrilled at Docker and Markle. You let yourselves be used by saboteurs? This whole state will be crawling with police and federal agents. And I, as a reader, wanted to at that point be like, oh, uh, which state though? Why don't, you, why don't you say what state it is? Because we don't know. This Bayport is on the coast. And yeah. We, we don't know where this place is. It's not like Bayport, Massachusetts or something. It's just Bayport. So this whole state, which which one? Which yeah, state? which state? You've given away so much exposition. Why not just give us this one? Um. Well, this is a place because then we're going to get to some serious explanations. Right. Uh, <laughs> After the ad. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And with this, the the boys boys took a break. Guys, you're nodding. (laughs) Once again, Terry. I was hoping you were going there. You didn't say two or one. I'm always there. You don't say two or one. (laughs) Why not? You just don't. You just don't. What a movie. Is it Wayne's World 1 or 2? I, I We've gone over this on the podcast already, so sorry. But what's the one where Wayne says, I always wanted to open up a door to see a room of a That's ninja. the first one. Okay, that's what I thought. Ah, what a scene. What a scene. I was watching James Bond. I'm doing a Bond-a-thon. And, yeah. uh, and we talked is, about that as well. Oh, yeah. There, there was that scene that made me think of that, which I think I talked about in that episode. Running yeah, I think so. I think that that came up. Yeah. The gatehouse <laughs> men, though shaken, kept their revolvers but trained not, on the but, Hardys. But not stirred. Nice. Yeah. Had That's a home run right there. That's a slam dunk, baby. <laughs> Couldn't let it get away. <laughs> uh, never mind, Docker muttered. Soon as Blum shows up, we'll get out of here and lie low for a while. Mm. Frank and Joe. Learned also that Docker and Markle actually were brothers, (laughs) but the two refused to give their real names. Why? Okay. Why is this forced in there? This does not take anything off. Yeah, it helps nothing. (laughs) It 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 doesn't resolve anything. Yeah, omit, omit, get rid of this. But then also, why would they refuse to give their real names? Because they're telling him everything else. Like, <laughs> yeah. they've done everything else. It's like, well, stop it, Derek. No! <laughs> Carl! Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't enough. You, Docker, are known as the Arrow, aren't you? Frank accused him. <laughs> Why? Why say Docker? Why? Who talks like that? You, Docker, are known as the Arrow. Well, you, Sean, are known as the Colonel. How, yeah. How'd that feel? 
weird. <laughs> it did. It was hard to say. Uh, which he responds, I'm sorry, which he retorts threateningly, yeah, next time I'll use you boys for targets. Which he's already yeah. shot at them once. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. The Hardys kept egging the men on uh, to further admissions. and Yeah, and this is the whole thing. Like, why are they so susceptible to questions from a 16-year-old? <laughs> why does this – why does know. this method work? Yeah. They feel every need in the world to respond to these boys. One of my buddies, Elliot, who's who's a super talented kid, and he's uh, he's probably sixteen now, but he's an amazing chef. Um, he's a really good musician. Like he's just an all around cool dude. Well, Elliot, you can just do it all, can't you? Yeah, and he gets to cook with all these amazing chefs, and he's done it. Like he's cooked with every great chef in St. Louis, and he's done it because he would go to their restaurants. He loves their food, and he would say like, "Hey, my name's Elliot. Could I come cook with you?" And they always like he was saying like you know most people say yes it's you wouldn't expect it but you just got to ask and I always thought you know part of it is probably like he's this really nice kid he's this young kid and it's like yeah I want to I want to work with a young kid where if it's some forty year old asking you it might be a little different yeah I was gonna say that's that's very much what it is when you're that age you can get away with anything if I went and I was like yo chef let me cook with you. I would get a uh, security. Out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy keeps asking to cook with me. He's got but knives. They're my cooking the, knives. <laughs> I think the Elliot principle is what is being used here by the Hardys, where they're like asking these questions, and these criminals are almost like, "Whoa, okay, little buddy, let me tell you." Yeah, you're not wrong. The boys are maybe smarter than we gave them credit. They know how to play the uh, the old men. Um, so we get more non-dialogical. Is that a word? Dialogue? But... Yeah. If, if you say it, it's a word. Yeah. Docker and Markle had been approached several months before by Blum, who tipped them off to good-paying jobs at Elkton Gatehouse. Docker had cleverly forged references and identification for Markle and himself. Uh, as soon as he and Markle had obtained the jobs, Blum had instructed them to buy the truck secondhand in another state and told them only that Markle was to lend Blum the truck on a certain day when notified, let him through the gate, and then out again soon after closing time. The guard would be handsomely paid to do this. None of that is dialogue. None of that is <laughs> response to a question. That is just the narrator. <laughs> and the narrator goes Arfing on. exposition here. Yeah. When Markle and Docker had become settled in the mill, the two had discovered the secret room and tunnel, which once had been a settler's escape room. <laughs> the men that, had wasted that's pivotal. The, we need to know that. Yeah, which I believe they like mused before. Like when they were talking with Chet, there was something about like didn't that come up? Like there's maybe there's because because of the Indians they had a escape. Oh, right. No 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 that was a lot of them had secret rooms. Yeah, to hide from, from the Indians. From the Indians, yeah, yeah. So this was a secret <laughs> room with an escape route. That's awesome. So the men had wasted no time. Which, by the way, if you're digging in a, just a tunnel in the dirt, it's not going to last a hundred years. Yeah, not without supports. 
Even with supports, you need maintenance. Yeah. The men had wasted no time in setting it up for their counterfeiting racket, which probably included that maintenance, and often Dude. used the nondescript green truck. By the way, green truck is descript. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to say nondescript. <laughs> a nondescript signature green truck. One of a kind. They often use <laughs> the descript green truck to sneak oh, in the required that equipment. That is gold right there. Good gracious. So that's, that's almost a full page of just the narrator telling us stuff. With Man. the original disclaimer as like, and the Hardys kept asking stuff, so they learned the following. And then awful. we get some dialogue. Who rigged up the electric eye signal? Frank queried. My work. <laughs> Parker replied proudly. <laughs> that was me. That was I me. Did it. <laughs> he looks at his I brother. I my name on it. <laughs> See, they like the electric eye. It was a waste of money. Docker, don't you use my fake name to me. You use my real name. Call me Bernie. <laughs> Hear that, Bernie? Wait, you guys are both named Bernie? We didn't want to talk about it. It's <laughs> a reason we don't like talking about it. He just goes by his middle name. What's that? Bernie. <laughs> and your name is Bernie Bernie? <laughs> and I'm Bernie Ernie. <laughs> Bernie Bernie and Bernie Ernie. <laughs> McGurney is their last name too. Bernie Bernie McGurney. <laughs> As the boys had surmised, Peters, an old acquaintance of theirs, uh, was, quote, the old man end quote, at the deserted <laughs> farmhouse. When the boys had left the mill that morning, Docker had radioed Peters, telling him that if the Hardys showed up at the farm, he was to trap them. Mm. So thanks, narrator. Yeah. And oh. then Joe, Joe picks up for us. No. Doubt you plan to finish us off when you came back. Peters nodded. So they've confirmed that, like, okay, Peters locked them up and he was going to come kill them later. Uh, yeah. Where are wire, boys? Yeah. This is good I mean, stuff. Shave that hairy chest and, and put the wire on. Frank says to Docker, I must admit, those 20s are pretty good forgeries. The police think so, too. The counterfeiter smiled in contempt. Your fat friend sure was fooled. Aww. And I just wanted I just wanted the whole room to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going and then, on? And then him to immediately be like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I shouldn't have said I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. I, sorry. <laughs> that was rude. Yeah. Oh, that is just that but is so, not. Yeah, okay. just making sure that the boys, the narrator. And the villains are all united together uh, in fat shaming Chet. <laughs> it's uncalled for. It, it's uncalled for. Ugh. 
So we get more exposition. You want to give us some more of this? Uh, he explained that his skill at engraving, which he had learned years ago, had enabled him to make the plates from which the bills were printed. <laughs> okay. Which one of you? <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, they've got literally, what, two pages left? Like, they've got to just sprint here and, and fit everything in. Uh, so then Frank jumps in. Which one of you rode Ken's bike and left the typed warning for our father? Frank asked. I did. Markle replied promptly. Why? He wasn't involved with the counterfeiting case. We thought he was when we overheard a company bigwig say Fenton Hardy was taking the case. Oh. Yeah, Docker said. I wasn't kidding when I sent the warnings on paper and by phone. Why are they so eager to answer? <laughs> Lord, like knows. I would think, I would think they would be spending the time asking the boys the questions, like how did you find, you know, this, or like what made you know that we were this, and but instead yeah. they seem to be like actively listening to, <laughs> like they they are like eager interviewees. They like. <laughs> Oh, what's the next question? Yeah. Oh, the warnings? Uh, that was me. <laughs> oh, no, I did the phone call one. Oh, Yeti! Right. <laughs> and then you want some more exposition? I definitely want more exposition. Please, please. You taking it or me? Oh, you're taking this one. He had acquired some sheets of bond paper from Elkton on a pretext. Also, the manila envelopes used to deliver the bogus money to Peters. Docker admitted that he had, quote, unloaded the counterfeit 20 at Prito's yard by mistake. Peters broke in abruptly. We better get rid of these kids right now. This is my favorite. Yes. This is my favorite. Yes. That's the first good idea. Yeah. So, so what happened We've now next? told them everything. It's time to kill to them. Rid- yeah, we've got to kill them. But – before we kill them, the three men held a whispered conference. I love that term, a whispered conference. I imagine it's a whole conference room filled of people who just whisper. It's like uh, it's like Alcoholic Anonymous for just whisperers, it's people who cannot control whispering. Oh, I was going to say – it was like an NAB or something, but just for, like it's a whispering conference. Oh yeah, it's like a, it's, it's, it's where a group of whisper enthusiasts whisper. show up. I mean, that's that's a good podcast, actually, right there. Just uh, whisper enthusiasts podcast. I mean, that makes for great audio, right? Right. Yes, it does. Yeah, I, I think my whispers are slightly the three men held a whispered conference, but Docker and Markle did not take their eyes from the Hardys, which is even creepier that as they're whispering, they're staring at these teenagers. Suddenly, did you just lick his lips? I don't know anymore. <laughs> suddenly, the boys' keen ears detected the putt-putt of an approaching motorboat. And I was shocked by putt-putt because – Given the boat porn that we've had so far, I would have expected it, like <laughs> hearing the four-stroke engine yeah. purring over the water, <laughs> announcing its revival, arrival like the beautiful steed that it is. It purred like a wildebeest. 
a wildebeest in heat <laughs> waiting to meet its lover, me. <laughs> and that's where we cut to Franklin sitting or Leslie sitting at his typewriter, <laughs> slapping hands together. Maybe he's got a little chalk on him too. And he just says, <laughs> just crying. <laughs> yeah. Sheila, it's my best work yet. <laughs> Sheila, get in here. And then Sheila trots in because the whole time Sheila has just been a wildebeest. <laughs> and then police show up and it's a whole ordeal. And then his kids trample in. And they are just a sight of nightmares. In. You know, they are just straight out of the mind of Lovecraft. <laughs> One thought flashed across their minds. Chet and Tony were bringing help. But in a few minutes, their hopes were dashed. Ooh. A heavyset, dark-haired man peered into the mouth of the cave. And I thought, Chet? Arrow? Oh. You fit the description, medium height, dark hair. Oh, yeah. Are not- you also the arrow? Are there multiple arrows? I'm the arrow. <laughs> I'm the arrow. I'm the arrow. I'm the arrow. <laughs> Blum, Markle said, explaining who the person was to, to the children. Uh, Blum, who, uh, who are these kids? Blum asked, squinting at Frank and Joe. I had something I wanted to have happen here that did not. I wanted Blum to be Fenton Hardy. Ooh, that would have been awesome. I wanted this to be like the undercover thing where he had been like, you know, acting as the the double agent, whatever. And like, like Blum, why don't you come in here and kill these kids? And he's like, with pleasure. And then he like pulls out, pulls off his pirate eye patch and, but it's me, Fenton Hardy. <laughs> da 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 da. Dad, you, you don't have to do that every time you show up. Why do you sing that so every embarrassing. time? <laughs> Chet's dad doesn't do that. Chet's dad's cool. And, and in great shape. <laughs> you can fish too. Their name is Hardy, Docker began, but Blum cut him short. Hardy? Oh. He said sharply. Listen. I just gave Fenton Hardy the slip at the Bayport dock. He was on a police launch. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Right on, right on. Okay. We're all just okay with with that as a sentence. (laughs) He was on a police launch. Okay. Yeah, you know a police launch. It's when you send police officers to space. <laughs> it's a catapult <laughs> with police officers in it. You've never heard of police launch before? You've never done the police launch? Come on, Sean. I know you've done many police launches. <laughs> We've got to move fast, Markle urged. Docker and I caught these sons of his snooping. Ooh. Pay us what you promised and we'll scram. Oh, I like that. That's a good read. Blum looked disgusted. Stupid amateurs. You let kids make it so hot you have to get out of town. The heavyset man pulled out his wallet. Here's your cut for letting me into the plant. He he continued scornfully. I'm glad to get rid 
of such burglars. But it says bunglers, bunglers but yeah, yeah I, we I, know what he meant. Yeah, I know exactly what he meant. <laughs> I just I thought it was weird mean. that this is one of those, is he wearing a wire things of like, here's your cut of the money for letting me and the nondescript green <laughs> panel truck <laughs> into the plant on October 13th at 9 p.m. <laughs> the nondescript green panel truck it needs to be a t-shirt. I mean, that is, police are looking for a nondescript green panel truck. It's just <laughs> amazing. It's fantastic. Like, the right way to do this is to just silently hand them the money and leave. That's the power move. That's yeah. what's cool. Yeah, you got to be powerful about it. Um, I, I, There's one other thing that I already talked about, which I don't want to spend any time on, but I, I know it matters to you. Yes, but this is also one where I, I I just dislike. I get that it's talking about police activity, but every time they're like, "You let kids make it so hot, you had to get out of town," and then Docker stormed. It's not just these kids that made it hot for us. <laughs> and I get that that word has changed its its context, its connotation rather. Go on, uh, but I just I just don't like hearing that phrase. <laughs> Docker stormed. If we'd known you were going to blow up that lab, we never would have gotten mixed up with you. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. It's a psychopath. Now I'm now I'm on Docker, Docker and Markle's side. They've showed me that they have lines. They have standards. They're not trying to blow up labs. No. They never would have done this. Never. Not in a million years. If they knew that biscuits would die, they would. They're never going to hurt biscuits. Not poor biscuits. Hard pass. Hard yeah, pass. Definitely a hard pass. Let's pass. see. The Hardys noticed that Paul Blum appeared startled at Docker's words. Frank spoke up boldly. Sure, we all know you're back of the sabotage. Who pays you for doing it? And who's your inside man at Elkton? Oh, good read. Why? Hey, <laughs> why ask such a powerful question? <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to read the room. Like, you know, they're ready to kill you. This isn't when you're like, oh, but f hey, hey, I'm demanding you tell me who, uh, who hired you. How much did they pay you? Why do they pay you? Where are you keeping the money? Uh, but more infuriating than than that is that he replies and answers the question. <laughs> you want you want to give us Blum glared, then in a sinister tone replied, <laughs> uh, "Top of one seventy, first full hey, right, Bring me in again. Bring Blum me in. glared, then in a sinister tone replied. You'll never live to sing to the cops. So I'll tell you, several countries that want to stop United States progress in missiles are paying me. My friend in the plant is a fellow named Jordan. <laughs> Why? Like, even if you wanted to say, like, yeah, Lord. I'm behind these things. 
and I'm being paid by several unnamed countries who don't want to see the United States with missiles. Yeah. Why go on to say like, and my con- – you wanted to know the content. Was that the second – what was the second question? Guys, I got uh, a friend. Do you, do you want to hear about my friend? I really do have a friend. His name's Jordan. He sounds like a person who is just – he is just – his whole life been told he doesn't have any friends and he finally has an acquaintance that he keeps referring to as his friend. And Jordan's over there just like, I'm not your friend. I'm a country. <laughs> But it's not a country. <laughs> I'm a shoe. I'm a shoe. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, then we get more exposition. The saboteur revealed that his accomplice had first carried out smaller acts of sabotage, the ones with uh, which Chet had heard about from his father. It had been Blum himself who had driven the truck into the grounds and placed the dynamite in the laboratory in biscuits. <laughs> Jordan and I gave your father the slip then too. Ooh, slippery. Uh, now this is the one part that I wish didn't happen is this paragraph right here because I wanted something in the next par- uh, next page. But here we have Peters uh, snapping. You want to give it to us? You guys can stand here and talk. I'm going. You better take care of these hardies. He backed out of the cave and raced off. I imagine he ran like Napoleon Dynamite, too. I can't picture it. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome, sir. Arms down at the sides. Oh, yeah. Exactly where they should be. So Peters is gone. And the counterfeiters discussed heatedly whether to get rid of Frank and Joe immediately or take <laughs> this this paragraph. I, I, I'm going to read it word for word. The counterfeiters discussed heatedly whether, quote, to get rid, end quote, of Frank and Joe immediately or take, quote, these kids, end quote, and dispose of them later. Why? Why is everything in quotes? <laughs> to take quote these kids and quote dispose and quote of them quote later end quote. Uh, that is a the good th- question, my friend. This is. I bet they're talking with air quotes a lot in the room. Oh, they got to be. It's just sarcastic, baby. That's how well. That's roll. your worry, Blum said. I'm taking off. Ooh. Do you want to do the, the next line in response to that? Is that what you were waiting for? The counterfeiters discussed heatedly whether to get rid of Frank and Joe immediately. Or- yeah, that was the paragraph we just went through in some detail. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm catching up. I'm catching up. I imagine That's that- your word, Slum said. I'm taking off. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> There we go. You can't leave us in the lurch. Marco waved his gun meaningfully. Oh, and I imagine meaningfully like a ballerina. Yeah, with a lot of emotion. I mean, yeah. An interpretive dance of sorts. Just the Will Ferrell of old school, just with, uh, with a nine millimeter. At that instant, there was a crashing noise outside the cave. The three men swung around. Uh-oh. This was all the Hardys needed. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, they buddy. hurled themselves at their captors, forcing them backward onto the rocky beach 
And from the words they from the excuse me from the woods they heard Chet yell, "Here we come, fellas!" The original, "Hey, you guys!" This is so funny, <laughs> and for like had had they made the crashing noise, and the Hardys had not seized their captors, yeah, like jumped at these guys. All you hear is a, a crunching noise in the woods while the boys are standing still at gunpoint. And then you hear this voice off in the distance. Here we come, fellas. <laughs> like, oh, God. They just face palm like, oh, God, Chet, you idiot. <laughs> Moments later, Chet was led into the cave at gunpoint. Oh, uh, yes. Poor Chet. Poor idiot. Uh, well, here's your fist fight, buddy. You want to walk through it? Oh, you know I do. This is actually this is a horrible fist fight. So this is not the the fist fight that I wanted. I just want that known right now. Okay, it's not the one we deserved, but it's no, the one that we needed what, right now. Yeah, I guess so. Frank had tackled Blum, and Joe was wrestling with Docker on the beach. I like that. I like that Joe was wrestling on the beach. Tony yeah, Preto made it hot. Yeah, <laughs> make it hot. <laughs> Tony Preto yelled, "Got you." As he took a flying leap at Markle and brought him to the ground. So Tony is just flying through the air like an Italian flying squirrel. Got you! <laughs> Arms spread knob. The order. Dude, I was going to go for that, uh, huh. for the uh, reference as well, the rabbit of Carbonar. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. Uh, um,. The older men, though strong, were no match for the agile Hardys and the furious onslaught of Chet and Tony. Finally, the struggle ended. Yeah, it, that's our fight. It took them less time to explain the fight than it did to walk through that they're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, th- so oh, I was upset that, that Peters had left because I really wanted like Frank and Joe to get – Docker uh, and and Markle for Tony to get Blum and then for Chet to get Peters because Peters was the one that was like, hey, it fooled your fat friend and Chet to just fly in and be like, who's the fat friend now? (laughs) Just level him. Oh, that would have been awesome. That is a scene. Good work, you two. Oh, sorry. Uh, The saboteur and counterfeiters were disarmed and lined up before the cave, their arms pinioned behind them yes. by Joe, Chet, and Tony. I believe the term – I've always just thought pinned, like you pinned your arms back. I wonder if Leslie thought that pinned was short for pinioned. <laughs> well, it's like a minion of pinning. So it wasn't just him pinning. He had a bunch of tiny versions of himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, pinions. <laughs> Surprised you didn't know that. Oh, here we go. Verb. Tie or hold the arms or legs of someone. It's a pinion. Yeah. Nice, dude. That's a good word. As a noun, a pinion is the outer part of a bird's wing, including the flight feathers. I like that even huh. more, actually. That's why I like these books. We learn things. We learned so much. We learned so much. (laughs) So even more to tie up now. Good work, you two, he said to his friends. 
Uh, Frank took charge of the revolvers. Good work, you two. Uh, Chet, out of breath, grinned proudly. And I just wrote, geez, let the guy... He just saved the day. I got a spoiler okay. here. This is not the last of the fat man digs. Oh, no. <laughs> we no get yeah. <laughs> Chet, out of breath, grinned proudly. I'm glad Tony and I snuck or stuck around when we saw those guys hightailing it through the woods. Uh, now Frank turned to the prisoners. Okay, march, he ordered. But before anyone can move, footsteps were heard approaching through the woods a moment later, Chief Colleague and another officer appeared. With them, in handcuffs, was Victor Peters. Oh, Peters. I feel like the justice system at this time would have allowed Chet to just sucker punch Peters in the gut. Dude. And been like, ours, your gut. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. But Hold him up. Hold him up. <laughs> Pow. Right in the kisser. Archie Bunker, the man. Instead, though, we get, Chief, are we glad to see you? Joe exclaimed. And we're, we're coming up to my least favorite part in this entire book. And I, I hope it's yours, too. The, the chief stared in amazement at the boys and their captives. I got your message from Ken Blake, he told Frank. Looks as if you have your hands full. Oh, we have, Joe grinned. Then, puzzled, he asked his brother, What message? Just before I left the house, I told Ken I had Ken a whisper conference with Ken. <laughs> Ken and I had a whisper co conference. Just before I left the house, I told Ken to call, and then it's a page turn. Yeah. Chief colleague, if we weren't back by 11, and tell him we, we, where we had gone. And that is what our whisper was. The most exciting thing in this book was a phone call to the police. Now, if that whisper was in the original book, it wasn't to phone the police. I want to know what the OG whisper is. I feel let down and hurt by this whisper. That didn't need to be whispered. Why was that whispered? David, I've got good news for you. Oh my goodness. Oh am, my goodness. I am looking with my eyes at a copy of the original printing. Oh my goodness, child. Of The Ooh, Secret child. of the Old Mill. It, and I will be making my way through it in the next week. Oh, I cannot wait. Oh, I cannot wait. While Blum and the counterfeiter stood in sullen silence, the four boys learned that Ken had called the chief just minutes after Fenton Hardy had left in the police launch in pursuit <laughs> of Paul Blum. We've, uh, so, we've got a Paul Blum at the police launch. <laughs> so more just narrator exposition. Uh, and then uh, Chief Colleague continues talking. Uh, when we reached the mill... We met this crook running out of the woods, Chief Colleague gestured toward the handcuffed Peters. Damn. I recognized him from Chet's description immediately. He's the arrow for sure. And what was Chet's description? Uh, he said dark hair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I just think that everyone is matching the description to the arrow. As soon as we heard him talk and we heard that smooth voice, we knew he must be the arrow. Because <laughs> that's all we have to go on. It's the one no, I recognize him. From, <laughs> from, 
I recognized him from Chet's description. When we found phony money on him, he told me where you were, hoping to get off with a lighter sentence. Oh, oh, you rat. You rat. Docker's face contorted with rage. At that moment, the group became aware of the police launch, turning towards the... Turning toward them, the beam from its searchlight sweeping the water. In the excitement, no one had heard the sound of its engine. No one has heard the sound. That's a terrible cry. Let's do it in, in unison. You ready? Three. Yes. Two. One. Dad! Cried the Hardys, spotting <laughs> the detective's erect figure standing on the bow. Soon the launch was beached, and Mr. Hardy, with several officers, <laughs> leapt ashore. And we were just moving, moving forward. Moving on. I know you were. Spotted <laughs> the detective's erect figure standing in the bow, hands well, on hips. Well, at Mr. Hardy said sternly Thrusting <laughs> forward. <laughs> well, you won't be escaping again, said Mr. Hardy, when he saw Blum. The captured lawbreakers were handcuffed and put aboard the launch. Mr. Hardy looked at his sons and their friends proudly. You've done a yeoman's job. It's all about the yeoman's job. Y-E-O-M-A-N. You've done a yeoman's job on both cases, yours and mine, he said. Which, by the way, no one did a good job on on his because they blew up Elkton. Oh, they definitely did. And and for those who are curious, yeoman, uh, it's very good, hard and valuable work that someone does, especially to support a cause, to help a team, etc. They've done yeoman's work in raising money for the organization. Thank you, Miriam Webster. See, what I found when I looked it up was that it's a English class. Uh, let, me, let me pull this back up. Oh, you know what? I'm getting a second result. It is a basketball player. Yo, okay, here, 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 this is the historical definition. It's a man holding and cultivating a small landed estate, a freeholder, a person qualified for certain duties and rights, such as to serve on juries and vote for the knight of the shire by virtue of possessing free land of an annual value of 40 shillings. Hmm. All I got was that's, shire, land shire. That's a... That's a yeoman, and I think that's a really specific type of person to be like, hey, you did you did the kind of job that somebody who has the right to vote for the Knight of the Shire and serve on juries by virtue of possessing free land of an annual value of 40 shillings would do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thanks. Is that good, Dad? I don't know. No one knows. No one knows. It's also a petty officer in the U.S. Navy or Coast Guard performing clerical duties on board the ship. I like that one more. But still, why? <laughs> what a weird specific <laughs> – like you've done a, a postal mail sorter's job on this one. <laughs> oh, I don't even know if that's good. Thanks. But, I, 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 wait, sure. <sighs> After the police cruiser had departed, Frank and Joe led their father and the others into the mill cellar and showed them the secret room. Ooh. 
This is all the evidence you need against the counterfeiters, Chief, said Mr. Hardy. I can see there are plenty of fingerprints on this equipment. We know some will match the one on the finger guard. Oh, I like that. Besides your evidence, boys, Ken's testimony should be more than enough to convict them. Uh, what about Jordan? Blum's yeah. confederate at Elkton, Frank asked. Do you want this one? He was my man. Your your Hardy voice is so much better than mine, but I'm going to try. You know what it is? It's I, my microphone. I think that's honestly what it is. That's all it is. It allows it allows me it allows me that Let me, that Fenton charm. Here we go. I'm going to get a little bit closer. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I figured. He was my prize, and I'm glad to say he's in jail. The detective explained that further sleuthing. This is Peter McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> Other. <laughs> uh, the detective explained that further sleuthing had led to Jordan and through him a massive Paul Blum. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hardy's first break had come when he had learned that one Elkton, Elkton employee had seen Jordan going toward the laboratory building at closing time. You don't have to go home, but you cannot stay here with biscuits on the day of the explosion. <laughs> this is such weak evidence on which to base your, like, well, I think I saw some guy walk toward the building. Okay, that must be our man, and let's find out who he's working for. You just named this chapter, Weak Evidence. Yeah. A police guard was assigned to watch the counterfeiter's workshop and its contents. Then the four boys, Mr. Hardy and the chief, left the mill. <laughs> Outside, they paused and looked back at the turning wheel. I guess I'll keep going. <laughs> Frank laughed. <laughs> it's signaling days are over. Sure hope so, Chet declared firmly. No more mysteries for a while, please. <laughs> Tony chuckled. With Frank and Joe around, I wouldn't count on it. And then he pulls out his switchblade. <laughs> his words proved to be true. Sooner than even the Hardy Boys expected, they were called upon to solve the mystery of the missing chums. Mm. Oh, Which is the next. awful title of book four. Yeah, that's not a great one. And then do you want to give us the last paragraph of the book? Yes, I very much do. Now, Joe turned to their plump friend. God. Good Lord. Come on. Did we need so, that? Just the, if final, you look, flat, the final uh, fat slam here. I, I'm going to tell you. This is a an excerpt from the first page of the book. Uh, <laughs> your dad's cases are always exciting and dangerous, the plump, ruddy-faced boy <laughs> remarked. And here's our So we're now Joe opening and closing the book with, with his fat-shaming chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good thing you bought that microscope, Chet. We started to look for nature specimens and dug up the old mill secret. Terrible. <sighs> Terrible line. Terrible ending. Uh, Terrible. This, this book 
is awful. It, it was not a and, good book. And as we're about to commit ourselves to yet another one of these, <laughs> each one of these things is such a tease where like it's so bad and we're like we're just reading these things like you know rolling our eyes but by like chapter 16 I'm always like okay let's get some answers let's let's do like I'm always rooting for it and I always get excited uh and this is the first time that I was really really let down yeah. I liked I liked how Felix Snapman had the whole confession about his childhood. It gave I was us okay one of our that. best bits, I think. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah, with the guitar? Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it was great stuff. But I, I, I hope that we get something more in the future, you know? Yeah, I also hope for something more. Uh, you know, something that's not just thrown out the door. Yeah, I like. I hope. I hope they finally up the score. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 I hope they follow. I mean, they're they're in water, so I wonder if there's going to be, you know, like fishermen's lore. Yeah, or if they're so exhausted from this that they all fall asleep and start to snore. Well, if they snore, it's a, it's a lack of a weak core. Yeah. And with all of them, that's a lot of weak cores galore. Well, yeah, galore, but you know, you got Chet, he's taking up the majority of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Tony I stabbed my a bunch writing. of people and it's and it's just a whole bunch of gore now. You know, if there's gore, they're probably on a golf course of some kind. You better watch out. Someone just yelled four. Oh. It's a different right, I, four. I can't it's do a, this. It's a different four. It counts. I can't do this anymore. Oh. Well. Make it happen. Do it. Commit. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I got one, but I can't use that one. Um. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that well now how am I gonna take this okay okay <laughs> so <laughs> I think uh, I hope that tonight Chet cuddles up to his fire grabs some chocolate a marshmallow and Graham crackers. Some graham crackers and makes a mighty tasty schmore as he gets ready for book number four. <laughs>